Boy, you want to do trip, eh? I'd like to do. I like to do trivia off the rip. All right, here we go. Trivia off the rip. Trivia off the rip. Let's get into it. Um, total points is Ninners at 118. Dixon's at 100. He's at 93. Oh shit! Should we include episode 53 though in that? Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. All right, I'm in. All right, so Dixon's leading. After uh, chapter three, whatever we're calling it, season three, right? So um, here we go. Here's the here's the first question. Getting right into it. I like this. I like Chap. I like Chappy. Chapman. Geraldus Chapman. Here we go. Yes. Okay. This is first to answer. First to answer. Ready? Here we go. What was the highest grossing movie the last time the Tigers won the World Series? Avatar. Titanic. Wrong, wrong. Tarzan. Oh no, this is way back one. Um, Top Gun. If you want to, if you want to hint on the year, I can give that to you. It's 84. 84. 84. That a boy. Wow. Um, Star Wars. Impressed by you, boy. 84, 1984. Is this Star Wars? Tigers won it all. Not Star Wars. No, you boys got to dig. You got to dig a bit. Um, uh, no, I think color came about probably just prior to this. 84. Forrest Gump. No, that wasn't out yet. Keep going. Star Trek. Um, that's a good guess. Not correct though. It, it is a, it's a pure guy. Not not right. Um. Give us a category. Category. I don't even know. Category would be like uh, mystery, maybe. Maybe story. <laughs> Can you see my rainforest or no? Um, Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> is Tom Hanks in the movie? No. What'd you no, say? You, you can't give actors. Is Tom Hanks. <laughs> I don't even know any actors. I'm I'm the opposite of a movie. Person. This is the top grossing movie. Um, in 1984. Uh, uh, 1984. Shit. Uh, Grease. Oh, Jaws. Hairspray. Hairspray. Um, Those are good no. movies. Um, G. It's Guy Fieri's driving the dives. <laughs> Is my phone supposed to be vertical or hoary? No, you're good. Like that. You're good. All right, sick. G, keep going. G. G. Cool. Got Ray. <laughs> G. H. Ghostbusters. Also, oh, fuck. Fuck. <laughs> wow. Nanner. There's only one one word that has gh to start. Ghost. Oh yeah, ghost. <laughs> yep. Ghostbusters. Well, there, there might be a few more. That's a good movie. I've actually never seen that movie before. Never. You've never seen Ghostbusters. Never seen no, that. Never. Never. It's got Bill Murray in it. It's pretty good. Shout out to Parker Brown who gave me that trivia question. Um, buddy at work. Um, okay, second trivia question. Here we go. Ninner's back in it. What are you at now, Nen? Let's see. Uh, season three is Nen and Dixon are tied up at four. E-bag is at three. No, two. Two, 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 two. I have two. Two. Two, two, two. Here we go. Here we go. Um, this one, first to say it. We might have to look at the receipts because of the connection here, but 
Uh, what states did Forrest G start and end his run in? Alabama, Georgia, Arkansas, uh, Savannah to California. Alabama is correct. Then, then you get Alabama, Arkansas, Nevada, Oklahoma, New Mexico, Arizona. No, I'm a, yes, Arizona, Arizona. Nano, big, great performance out of you there. You got Louisiana. That's up in Alabama. That's in Mobile, Alabama. Oh shit. You boys seen that movie, right? I think I've seen that movie. Yeah. You've had to have watched it. I think I did. All right, Ninner's at six. Um, let me piss real quick, but my connection's pure. This is sick. Dixon, you're at 63. That's not bad either. But hey, it's not that I want to get good. I can score good numbers that I'm okay with. We can hear him piss. You just right don't now. want to have a mess. Yeah, that, and then I want. I just want like a yeah, more of a shorter swing. There goes egg. <laughs> Go, it's Uncle. Hey, but we I, didn't I, stick to our game plan of you see, I'm ignoring here? Uncle. All right, when he's back on, we're ignoring him. When he's back on, unless he can hear us. All right, we're ignoring him. Well, he's when not he's here, so. Got me. We can hear you pissing. You, no. you have a nice, you have a nice solid <laughs> stream, brother. Yeah, no, it was all Quay or Kirk. Quay pissed out the first. Three fourths of that bottle. Hey, hey, we're going back to our rule before the recording. Ignore E. Yeah, okay. for like a for like a second. Let's do it. Give it, Ignore. give it until, give it until eight twenty-five. No. Eight twenty-three. No, before we get, before we get Lex in, we should probably tell him that he's all right. He's probably my audio is going to be through this mic. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's no, he's even up too. Yeah, the Wi-Fi, it's the Wi-Fi. He's going nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Intro what? Right now? I, I no, you, you know, you know what he would say. He would say, he's like, hey, uh, Timmy, can you get, can you get, can you get off the Wi-Fi? Next. <laughs> <laughs> Then he'll blame his Xbox like he does for every video game he plays. What if he's actually in? What if he's actually in here? And we just can't see him. Oh, we're, I mean, whether he's in here or not, we're leaving this in the recording. This is stay. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Um. All right. So guest number twenty-one. Holy shit. I don't have eggs still. You guys? It just popped up. So I don't see. Okay, guest number twenty-one. From, uh, from Traverse City, Michigan. Decided to go to GV. I'm imagining he had offers from Auburn, Texas Tech, uh, UCLA, everywhere else, because he lit it up in high school, too, from uh, from prior research. You boys got action? Okay, I'm going to keep going. You're straight? You're just, like, this close. <laughs> Bro, Ben, you fucked up, dude. You're not supposed to talk. Asshole. From Traverse City, went to GVSU, um, <laughs> accolades up and down, off the charts. Named to the 2018 All-Nicholas team, 2018 First Team All-American, 2018 All-Gliac team. No, Gliac Golf of the Year. Gliac Golf of the Year. Uh, 2019 Gliac Golfer of the Year. Oh, my fucking hurt you. 2019 Second Team All-American. He's still in the background chirping a bit. Oh, my hurt is popping out right now. He was an academic piece too. Um, 
multiple times named to the All-Academic Excellence team. And then, probably most notable, Arnold Cup, Arnold, holy shit, do I have a list? Arnold Palmer Cup team in 2019. Um, member of Team Lacoste, or Lacosta. <laughs> and... Connie, just redo the whole thing because eggs fucked and you're going, hey, am I good? And Dixon's laughing the whole time. Okay, redo. Uh, yes, you're good. We're going to avoid you, but you're Can you not hear us? Right. Can you hear us? All right, leave it. Let Connie's go. Dixon, mute yourself. You're going to laugh. All right, all right, all right. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, right? All right, here we go. Here we go. Uh, episode 54, guest number 21 is Al Scott. Alex Scott. Uh, grew up in Traverse City, Mish. Went to Grand Valley State University. Um, rival of the cards. But he lit it up there. 2018 First Team All-American. 2018 Gliac Golfer of the Year. 2019 Gliac Golfer of the Year. Uh, you think he's playing a Stoughton Bray for those events? We'll get into it. Um, 2019 Second Team All-American. Academic piece too. He uh, he lit it up in the classroom. Looked like multiple times named for the all academic excellence team, which is kind of unreal. And then here we go. Arnold Palmer Cup team member in 2019. Uh, member of Team Lacoste. Now I think that's how you say it. Team Lacoste, the sick alligator-looking logo. Um, and he has played 38 events on the PGA Tour circuit. Right, so like not 38 PGA Tour events, a couple times with Genesis and Honda and all that. PGA Tour circuit, so he's, he's lighting up the Corn Ferry Tour, PGA Tour Latino Americana, America, I think, and PGA Tour Canada. So that's our guest, guest number 21, Alex Scott. PGA Tour Canada is not a thing anymore, I didn't know that. I did not know that either, but let's welcome our guest. Yeah, he played yeah. on uh, he played on Canada or no, whatever, Latino America, one of them. I just let oh, him know. Scott, come on in. Okay, that's fine. Just send, oh yeah, you can't even text. I would say just text, but if you're on your phone. He's coming. All right, so you boys uh, looking at his stag at all or no? Oh yeah, he's here. <laughs> Egg didn't even know. Who, Egg didn't know who he was last week. <laughs> yeah, I know. Only the impulsive what? podcast, brother. <laughs> and the Pat McAfee show. Are you st- <laughs> Mammoth. Oh, there he goes. There he goes. There he goes. We lost the guy. He couldn't even e, cook. Nah, 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 nah. I don't, couldn't even I don't, cook. I don't know if he... E. He might Just be going for the rest of the FBA, he says, eh? Just let him be. He might be. I think the phone is the play. You got, you're, rocking, you're rocking your card share right now, brother. Who? Dinner? Yeah. Al. Oh yeah, what's no, up? kind of wearing it. Hey. What's up, bro? Alex what's Scott, what's up? what's up, guys? How are you? Good. Doing How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing fine. Just down here in Jacksonville, Florida, living the dream, as they say. There you go. You already answered the first question. I was just gonna ask where you at. I am in Jacksonville. Yep, yep. I've been here. Uh, well, I first came here in January of 21. Um, been a couple months down here. I knew uh, one of my good buddies from college, Alex Minetti. Um, he works for the PGA Tour now, so um, I wanted to try this area out and text him to see if there's any people from from the tour who uh, had any open rooms or anything like that. So uh, 
got down here in 21, uh, roomed with some people from the tour, all different departments and stuff like that. And uh, But yeah, I've been coming back ever since, and um, I'm a little more permanently down here now. I, and I'm in my own place uh, since January of last year, so... Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, it's it's a good, uh, it's a great area. I I try to tell people I don't I don't particularly care for Florida that much, but I really like Jacksonville. Like I <laughs> I think Orlando is like the biggest waste of space in the United States. Like I, I oh, hate yeah. that city, and uh, so yeah. But um, I do like it here a lot. It's, I I don't really consider it Florida much. It's it's a bit different than the rest of the state, but but yeah, Jacksonville. Okay. All right. It's a little bit of a- different breed over there in florida the jacksonville side well i mean it depends where you are like if if you're in the southeast like jupiter palm beach you get a lot of like new yorkers and stuff like that if you're on the southwest side it's a lot of midwesterners and everything so just it is, and then orlando I and mean, that's just yeah we don't we're gonna talk about that but, <laughs> but, I, but uh, orlando. <laughs> I didn't know you had that much hatred toward, toward orlando no it's I just orlando. i don't I don't understand why you'd want to landlock yourself in Florida. It doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, like, yeah. for, you know, nine months out of the year, it's hotter than hotter than hell down there. So it's oh, like yeah. you don't have any way to escape the heat there. At least, like, if you're on the water, like, you know, you can kind of be near it and maybe get an ocean breeze or something, but you're not getting it there, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is yeah. true. Um, Actually, all right, so appreciate you coming on. Thanks, Thanks man. Appreciate on. it. Um, that's a little better. Grew up and did some prior research on it. Grew up in TC. A lot of this is from the uh, GBSU website. No cap. Yeah, no so, problem. Um, we're not scraping out everything, but hopefully we'll get everything <laughs> out of you. Um, grew up in TC. Where'd you go to high school? I went to Traverse City West. So Traverse the, City West? Yeah, the two two big public schools. I went to the better one. Yeah, the other <laughs> one's Central, eh? Yeah, no, I... Uh, it's funny, I grew up mostly on the east side. Well, I lived in the west side, but I played all my sports on the east side with uh, east side kids because my, uh, my dad coached most of my sports, and his, his office is on the east side of town. So instead of kind of having to go back and forth, we just, growing up, we just were on the east side of town for the sports. And then once I got into the public school system, I was on the west side. So I was like, well, now I'm playing against all the people I grew up playing with. And so, uh, but it was all, it was all in good fun. Yeah, no, but I went to, went to Traverse City West. Uh, yeah, I graduated in 15 and went to Grand Valley, graduated in 19. So what other what sports okay, did you play you? in high school? Um, I was, uh, I played basketball, played, played basketball all four years. Uh, Football just my freshman year stopped after that year, and then uh, during most of the time when I was in high school, I was also a, I was I mean it's not a high school sport, but it, it was outside of that. I was a third degree black belt in taekwondo. Um, Damn so, what? Uh, yeah, so I did that. Uh, my brother, my older brother, he's a he's actually still teaching there. Um, he's about five and a half years old than me. He's a he's a fourth degree, and he's been an instructor there for like 15 years um so holy hell yeah, how many degrees we, are there uh 10 10 so okay yeah I, I stopped training long ago long ago but um but it's still there kind of kind of most but, um, most uh professional the, golfers aren't necessarily like intimidating or lethal but uh you got you got something up going for you yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't. Uh, I don't think anybody's looking at me uh, all too intimidating, standing at five seven. But they um, just don't know what you know. It's a. Uh, yeah, hey, I got it in my back pocket <laughs> just in case. Just in case. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, tell us about the decision to go to GV. Obviously, historically a sick D two school athletically, but coming out of high school, what were the other offers saying, and where where from? Yeah. So. You know, I was a little bit of a late bloomer. Um, you know, I was a I was a solid player, but I wasn't a world beater by any means. And you know, kind of got onto the scene a bit late. I didn't really do the the AJGA stuff. I mean, I did kind of junior year going into my senior year, and you know, didn't really have any great finishes much. So um, I had some, you know, I had some looks from places like Oakland and South Dakota State that was that was honestly really it it was those two schools that that uh, were open to me and um, I you know being a ego you know egotistical uh, 16 17 year old right like you're always kind of thinking you know oh, I'm gonna go do one I'm gonna go do one you know that's, oh, yeah. it's always on your head and um, you know you just that's just who you are right you, you want what you think is the best for you and um, so uh, Gary Bissell, who was my coach in college at Grand Valley, he was only 24 at the time. Uh, he reached out to me. He just got the head coaching job and wanted to bring me on for a visit and everything. I didn't really know much about Grand Valley, but I also, you know, it wasn't like I was a real sought-after kid, right? So I was like, I'm going to, you know, I'll, I'll take this visit. You know, he seems like a great guy. He came and met me at the Michigan Junior Am. Uh, that's where he kind of started talking to me. And so... Honestly, it really happened, like, just as I got there. Like, I, um, I really fell in love with the campus. Like, you you know, obviously it has, you know, it's a D2 school, but when you're on the campus, like, it really doesn't feel like that. I mean, 27,000 students, you know, it's got it's got great, you know, it's, it's it has great academics, great outside life, you know, it's, it's such a solid spot. And then Coach Bissell, you know, being young and being able to, uh, to you know, kind of relate to him, right? Like, he... He just got out of college, so um, we were able to kind of joke around, and uh, yeah, that was that was mostly it. Like I knew that I had a good shot of being able to go there and play right away, so I would have a kind of a full four-year career, and um, it was just all a it was a really good, really good thing coming together. It, it was uh, so I think it's kind of funny looking back on it now. Um, he offered me and. You know, I kind of sat on it for like two weeks. Uh, the other two guys in my class, they, they accepted the offer right as they got it, um, Mitchell White and Bryce Messner. And so my college coach, uh, or sorry, uh, Coach Bissell would just be like, yeah, you know, Scott, you're giving me, you're giving me a little nervous. Like you were sitting there for a while. And I was like, well, dude, I didn't know what I was doing. Like I, I didn't have any older, I didn't have any older siblings that went through that or, you know, uh, you know, cousins, aunts, uncles, like it was kind of a first time thing. So figuring out, you know, weighing the options and all this and that. And, uh, but yeah, it's funny to look back on, but it was, it was a great decision for me. I mean, you know, I went there and really worked hard. I wanted to prove that I was, you know, one of the best players in the state. And uh, that was a goal of mine and, um, everything that was there, the practice facilities, getting to play in the tournaments, the coaching, like it really kind of unlocked uh, my potential. So no doubt. Um, we, all four of us, played at SDSU. So a bit of a rivalry there, no doubt. <laughs> um, but tell us about you. So you got in there what year? 2016, you said? Uh, 15, fall 16? of 15. Fall of 15. 15, yep, 16. Yep. Yeah. SDSU was pretty solid at that point, if I remember correctly. It was before our yeah. time. Yeah. 
You know, no, they were pretty good. I mean, the the Gliac was pretty. Uh, it was pretty competitive then. Um, there wasn't really any teams that were like, I would say, far and away better than others. I I think we finished that year. We we didn't win the conference championship. Uh, we lost to Tiffin back when they were in the conference. So actually, now that I think about it, the conference is way different. Uh, oh yeah. So we yeah, it's much different. You know, we had all the Ohio teams and stuff. So I mean, it was pretty deep. I mean, we had some really really solid teams. And um, but we I think we we finished that year. We were number one in the in the region going into supers, and we just lost in the conference. And um, but yeah, no, I mean Saginaw was pretty good. They we didn't actually. It was kind of weird. I don't really remember getting paired with them too often. I don't know why. I just I because usually when you have all those, I mean they're not conference events, but it's all the same teams, you know. Right. Like yeah. you end up playing with all the same. Like we got paired with Tiffin like every single week. Like we just uh-huh. knew that we were going to be playing with them, and and then we would get paired with whomever the host was that week, you know, because they would yeah. always put themselves in the top group. So. Um, but uh, no, it was a. I always enjoyed playing with Saginaw. I mean, I um, there was a lot of guys. I mean, right, the Dice Brothers were there. Oh um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Dice Brothers were there. Uh, Dustin Pumford, he was there. Yep. Who else am I thinking of at the time? Um, Let's think. Uh, Austin Carter. Mason Mod, yep, Jared Austin. Lyons. I played with Mason a few times. Yeah. I don't think I ever got paired with Austin. I mean, you know, <laughs> obviously knew each other and stuff. Don't think we ever got paired together. Maybe we did. I don't know. Unfortunately, my memory's not as good as I thought it would be. But, um, but yeah, I mean, the Gliac was really deep then. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, there was... I think we lost. Oh, there we go. There he is. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I was getting a call, so I had to, uh, had to <laughs> You're good. swipe it up. My bad. But, um, yeah, but I wasn't, I wasn't really saying anything important. But, no, yeah, the conference, <laughs> the conference was deep, and we... Uh, Unfortunately, when all those those other teams left, all the Ohio teams, we had, and then we integrated. Like Purdue Northwest came in, yep. and I think Wisconsin Parkside. I don't, I don't even were they ever even in the conference when I was there. I know Purdue Northwest was uh, for a year or two, but but yeah, no, the conference is good. We started to pull away a little bit. We were we got better and better each year that I was there. So that was good to see. You ever you ever play any? I don't know if uh, SAG is historically always hosting an event, but the old Al Watrous at at Saginaw, or it was yeah. Bay Valley Country Club, yeah. right? At that point, we played it. You remember once. playing there? We played it once. It was my senior year, and um, yeah, we played it once. I think I finished like third or fourth on my team that week. Uh, that we we went deep though. Like I think Mitchell won it. I think he opened with like sixty four or something like that. I mean, just <laughs> like everybody was balling. I shot like seventy three in the first round. I was like. I was just kind of looking around. I was like, "Oh, right. boy, I gotta get on my horse." But no, <laughs> yeah. they, we only we only played in that that one year. I think didn't that used to be like an every three year thing or something like that? That's like, what I don't, it, yeah, yeah, that's what it always was. Every three years, I think. Yeah, COVID, we uh, kind of screwed it. Oh, okay. Yeah, we only played in it my senior year. That was the only okay. time. But what do you think of uh, playing at the Meadows every day? You guys hosted fall event every. Every year, I think. <laughs> right after I graduated, year. baby. Right after oh, I graduated. Yeah? Oh, yeah. All the good stuff happens after you leave. Yep, yep. Right, so, exactly, of course. We, uh, yeah, we... So, the only time we got to play the Meadows when I was in college in, a, in an event is my freshman year, we hosted Super Regionals. So, okay. you know, we had everybody there, and, dude, <laughs> you want to talk to anybody who played in that tournament, it is... 
by far and away still the worst conditions I ever played a round of golf in. I mean, the course was completely really? unplayable. Oh, dude, the final round, it was a literal nightmare. It was, and I don't want to, like, you know, everybody always talks about these situations and, like, really exaggerates them. But, I mean, it was, like, I think the high was 47, and it was blowing, like, it was blowing, like, 20, 25 with gusts over 30, and it was raining the entire day. And, um, we, we were in, like, the afternoon wave of it, and the course was completely unplayable. Like, every other normal tournament gets canceled, but with how, like, the whole committees and stuff go, like, they have a vote and people want to play. And... Busy, busy man. <laughs> if I put myself on Do Not Disturb, will that not, will that help? It might, Let's yeah, see. it might. Let's see. I don't think I've ever used Do Not Disturb. Okay, here Never. we go. So you guys can still hear me. You guys can still hear me though, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, good, good, good. Yeah. All right, so, so anyways, it's, the weather's terrible and we go out and, uh, we were in a we were in a good position. I remember when we started the day, but we were in like I think sixth or something. It, and it was top four, five, top five that year. I think moved on to nationals. So, you know, we feel like we got home course advantage, but you know the weather's so bad it hardly even matters. And right. I'm hitting. So if you guys have ever played there, I started on number ten, and it was howling straight into the wind, and I hit driver five wood short of the green. Holy hell. <laughs> I Holy didn't get hell. there. Yeah, driver five wood. I laid up on one with a three wood. I had 60 <laughs> yards in. Dude, it was insane. And so we started on the back, and I'm making the turn. I was a freshman. Like, I didn't really have a great freshman year. I kind of randomly, I tied for first at the conference championship, and I lost in the playoff, which was just, like, very... It was very kind of out of nowhere. I didn't really have any other good finishes other than that. And so we're making the turn, and my dad's like, you're in the top ten right now. I was like, what? So I proceed to shoot like 46 on the back. Oh, <laughs> no. And, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I absolutely, I mean, I imploded along with basically everybody else in the field. So, you know, it's the top 20 teams whatever you know from the super yeah and this the individual scoring average that day we played it as a par 71 it was like 82.5 what it was oh yeah yeah you could go back and find the golf stat leaderboard on it like in the archives it'd be whatever 2016 uh midwest central super region i mean it is embarrassing like it's it is crazy how bad these schools were and actually if i remember correctly I think Saginaw Valley got through. They, I, they, yeah, they went. That sounds right. They, they went off in the morning. In the morning round, like, or sorry, like the morning wave. It wasn't. I mean, it was still bad, but it wasn't quite as bad as what came in the afternoon. And they like posted a score. I mean, they were, they were in like sixteenth or something or fifteenth, and they. I think they finished fifth. I think they got in. It was. Holy it hell. was yeah, I, oh man, I wish I, I wish I had the leaderboard right now. I mean, I, if one of you guys wants to find it, but it is. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah right. it was incredible. We'll, we'll um, but regardless of that, what I was more getting to is like being able to play the Meadows every day. You know, in college, like talk about a place of getting better. I mean, that is, that is a very real golf course. I mean, it's it's always in great shape, and you know, there's a lot of especially like visually off the tee. Um, you know, you really got to get comfortable, really confident off the tee, and. 
Um, and we just said, I mean, we had great practice facilities. I mean, we had our own wedge range for the team only. We had a kind of uh, our own, like, range spot that only the team can be in. So, you know, we wouldn't really get bothered or people be around us and stuff. And, no, I mean, you really, we really had everything we needed to, to get better as a team. Um, and that was one of the best. I mean, even in the winter, the same way. Like, we, we had a track man that we set up indoors, was able to hit into a net, and then two days a week we were able to go into the into the Kelly Turf building, our, our indoor football field, and we were able to drop a net about 40 yards out and, you know, see shots fly for about 40 yards. So, yeah, um, yeah, we had, we had all uh, ample opportunity to get better at Grand Valley for sure. You ever make it back there or no? Should you yeah, do? I try to. Um, I, I went to the GV Ferris game, football game, this last fall. Um, it was incredible. It was unreal. We yeah. were up 35-0. Gosh, it was fucking awesome. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but we, uh, yeah, I try to go back every once in a while. There's actually a new coach there now, um, Gareth Lappin. He took over. Um, I've only been able to chat with him just a little bit. Uh, I really, I haven't actually really been in Michigan since he, since he got the job. So um, hopefully kind of this whatever this coming summer if the schedule works out it'd be nice to kind of get in there and be able to meet him in person and um you know sometimes i try to get there to practice with the team i, I did i think one or two practice sessions with them in the spring of last year so uh yeah they they have a really really good team right now they're getting ready to start their spring season and uh I mean, they made it to nationals last year, uh, played quite well, and I think they're. I think right now they're ranked like third or fourth in the country. Uh, they're really oh, solid, yeah. and that's that's even after losing uh, Charlie Delon, who he won, you know, D two National Player of the Year last year. So um, they're still really, really deep, really solid. So hopefully they can keep that up uh, for that's the rest ridiculous. of the year. That's ridiculous. Are you uh, have on that team? Yeah. Yeah, yeah bro. Yeah. Everybody from like our age, man. And mm-hmm. Dixon, your age, um, I think all those boys are coming back, right? Where, Cole, where did Bissell go? Kruger. Bissell took the job at University of Denver. Okay. Yeah. Are you still in touch with him at all or no? Yeah, no, yeah. Coach Coach and I are close. Um, it's more of a, like, not really from a coaching standpoint. I mean, we're just friends now. Uh, I mean, but, yeah, we talk all the time. I mean, normally we're just, like, talking about anything it's hardly ever golf actually like we're usually talking about like you know we we love the nba we talk nba a lot and um joke around and stuff we're always sending each other funny videos on instagram and stuff like that oh so, yeah that's sweet yeah yeah we we remain close we uh it was funny like we kind of my first two years in college i would say that it, you know it was more of a business relationship well you know i was the you know, the player, the student, I was there to get better. I was trying to, you know, earn my spot and everything. And, um, I mean, we would joke around a little bit here and there, but it was, it was more kind of, I would say business casual between us. And then, uh, but then my junior year, like I, I started off really well and kind of kept it going. And I kind of, not that I, not that I did my own thing, but I kind of had a good thing going, I guess, best way to put it. And, um, so he just, you know, he, he didn't really have to, to mess with me a ton, and he knew that I was always putting in the work, so uh, we were able to kind of be a little bit more, you know, joking with each other at the time and stuff, and, and that really that really carried through uh, through college. I mean, he's I mean he's one of my closer friends that I have. I mean, I know, like, I could call him up at any time, and, you know, he'll pick up, and we, we always tend to have, you know, half-hour, even hour-long chats from time to time, so 
No, it's uh, yeah, we we have stayed close. Yeah, um, that junior year is when you really started lighting it up, from what I can see. Um, yeah, it was 2018, yeah. right? 2017, yeah, 2018. Um, 2017 into 18. Yeah, it was uh, it was weird trying to explain it to people because um, a lot of people ask like, you know, what did you do or what happened and. Uh, the answer is nothing. <laughs> like I, did, yeah. I didn't really do anything. Like I just <laughs> golf just clicks for people at different times. And going into my junior year, I finally uh, I won the game championship, um, which was just kind of a big breakthrough for me. Like I I was always somewhat of a consistent player, but I never really had many good finishes in like game events. And I uh, I really played well. I, I just I went off in that event. I was just like unconscious for the last like 18 holes and, and fortunately fortunately like made it easy on myself like I you know it, it was just you know every good golfer right has been in, in the zone right at one point or another oh, and yeah. it's like you're just reacting like it feels like basketball like you're not thinking about your golf swing or this putt or that or the other you know you're just like it's 160 eight iron boom and you just pull it and you know you're gonna hit a good shot and so I win that, and, and then, yeah, I got into my junior year and just kept it going. Like, it, I feel like that really kind of got the confidence up for me uh, after that game win, and, um, yeah, kept it going. Like, I was in a kind of a comfortable spot. I was always playing with a lot of the same guys, like, had a lot of the same pairings, and, you know, so I just felt more comfortable, and that's really what golf is, man. Like, every level that you go up, like, it's hard to – the, the verbiage I always try to use is like you have to take up your space like even though you move up to another level or whatever you know you're there for a reason like you belong there you're in the tournament for whatever you know because you earned your spot on whether it's your college team or in a PGA Tour event or a Corn Ferry event or whatever so you know you got to get out there you got to get on the range you got to get on the course you know know that you belong and do your thing and it's, it's a difficult game to do it in I mean you, there's a ton of good players so um, I felt like I, you know, really, really belonged at that point and uh, just had a really consistent year. I, I didn't really have a lot of low rounds, um, but I didn't really, I didn't have any bad rounds. Really. Well, in terms of score, really, I didn't have any bad rounds. And, uh, yeah, had a really solid year, um, went to the national championship and finished seventh. Um, and so, yeah, it was a great way to cap it off. And, and then I, ha I had a really good summer after that, too. So, um yeah, it was a it was a fun year. It was great. So and then and then 2018 though, at the end of that junior year, you uh, you were a nominee for the Nicholas Player of the Year, right? Yeah, I was a I was a finalist. It didn't really feel like it <laughs> because, <laughs> dude, I mean that year, uh, Chandler Chandler Blanchett and John Vanderlaan, who they're currently on the they're full fully exempt on the Corn Ferry Tour. Uh, John's been out there ever since he turned pro, and Chandler's always had, like, conditional status out there, and he's got full status now. And, I mean, they dominated the Southeast region. I mean, it was insane. Like, they between they were always in the same events, and I think there was only one event that entire year. Like, that, it was their senior year, my junior year. I think there was only one event that entire year, including, like, playoffs, that only – one other person won the tournament if it wasn't one of those two. Holy hell. That's crazy. Yeah. And it was in the southeast region. So, like, you know, 
I mean, right in the Midwest and the Central stuff, like you have a lot of good golfers, but like there's a there's a big like team gap when it comes to the to the Southeast, right? Like, right. You know, you get like Grand Valley's really good right now. You know, they're a Midwest team, and usually there's some West Coast teams like Chico State or Colorado School of Mines. Like they can get really good, but I mean, dude, every like there's always the top like. Barry probably, probably yeah, twelve of the top fifteen teams in D two are in the southeast region, and they can only get a maximum of seven through to the national championship. So, yeah, that's nuts. Um, yeah, so I I really felt kind of second, you know, second fiddle to those guys. Like I was a finalist, but I was like, dude, I'm a, <laughs> you look at these numbers, like it doesn't it doesn't stack up. Right. Like I had a really good year, but they were they were another echelon above everybody else. I mean, even the third best player or whatever. So, um, but yeah, I was uh, I was Nicholas finalist, um, and I turned right around into that summer, and I I qualified for the USAM for the first time, which was a real kind of I was first alternate the prior two years for the USAM. So it was finally oh, yeah. it was really nice, really nice to get that out of the way. I made match play there, and I also won the tournament champions up at Boyne. So, oh, all right. Um, nice. Yeah, I kind of randomly, I blacked out for about a five-hour period. I shot 61 in the final round, and then I won in a playoff, and then what? I woke up. Yeah. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure so Tony was cool. blacked out that day, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what, what course? Uh, the Hador? Uh, Alpine. Alpine. Okay. Uh, the okay. Boyne Mountain. Yep, yep. So, yeah, it was a it was a really good... I mean, in my senior year, was was good, too. It wasn't quite the same, what I would say, statistics, statistics as my junior year, but kind of had like a 14-month stretch there where, yeah, a lot of things, a lot of things uh, went well for me, so... I mean, damn near, your statistics were about the same as your junior year, looking at it. I mean, it was probably yeah, a shot yeah, or two was... above your scoring average your junior year, but still, you, uh, how many how many college events did you win? Oof. Um, that should be a trivia question at the end of this episode for you. It was like, I, I think it was it. like six or something. Um, I think it was like six. I lo- I. I <laughs> I tied for first in two conference championships, and I lost in both playoffs. So, oh, shit. I, I, the record book sometimes is weird. Like, I think Golfstat might have considered those as wins, but, like, it depends on, on how you look at it. I wouldn't consider them as wins because I lost the tournament. But right. um, I, think it, I think I won, like, five. But I didn't win any until my junior year. So okay. I, it wasn't like it was really spread out, you know. Dang, I did we it all those last two quick. years. Um, so, where yeah, was conferences yeah. at for you? It was at uh, so my first three years. It was at well, it used to be called Longaberger Golf Club. Now it's called the Virtues. It's in like super southeast Ohio, like it's damn near in West Virginia. And then uh, my last year, it was at Bedford Valley, baby, my <laughs> my favorite oh, golf course of all time. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I won it that year though. I hate that place, but I did, there you I go. did win it. So, I mean, yeah, I, uh, what a it's great It's got to be better in... than Stoughton Bray. <laughs> I have never played Stoughton Bray, so I don't oh, know. Bro, it you was, can stay away, a, probably. It was supposed to be at Stoughton Bray my senior year, but that was when the course was like brand new, so it wasn't yeah. ready. Yet. So they like 
I mean, not last minute, but pretty, you know, close to it. They switched it over to Bedford Valley, and, yeah, we, we played there my senior year. So I really, really loved uh, the Virtues. Like, that golf course is so sick. And I wish they would have kept going there, but I think the only reason why they really did is because we had all the Ohio teams. So right. geographically it made sense kind of. It was We always knew it was going to be better weather. And then, like, then we moved to Bedford Valley at the end of April, and I'm like, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, like, right. This is, this is Michigan golf in April. Like, anything can happen. And yeah, that's pathetic, it was, yeah. And sure enough, like, I mean, the weather wasn't, like, it wasn't great. It wasn't, I guess it wasn't terrible, but it, it was not stellar by any means, so. I heard so the Alex, is a good try. Alex. Great you, try. Yeah. You obviously are one hell of a player, okay? And you're, and you're humble as well. But what I want to know, I want to hear you tell me, like, what's your home course right now? Where are you at? Um, so right now, actually, I, I had to, I joined a new place called the Yards. Um, so the Yards, it's uh, it's here. Well, it's in Ponte Vedra. Um, it's inside the gates of TPC. So I practiced at okay. TPC Sawgrass last year um, when I had my Corn Fairy status, but then I lost it. So. I wasn't able to practice at TPC anymore, so I had to find a new place to practice. So you, you and play there now? At the yards. It's got, uh... oh yeah, I do, yep. Okay, so you're out there playing oh. all the time, right? What's a number oh. that, like, at that course, <laughs> where you, you like roll your eyes at that number after you finish the round? Like, what's a, what's a bad number for you? <laughs> That's what I want to know. Um, man, a bad number. I don't know. It's the so I do it. I will admit, like I am not the best practice player. <laughs> I, I will say, like I, I, I'm not really one who's all that great in practice rounds or practicing by myself. Like I'm always a little bit probably in my head. So I don't too often. And honestly, I probably need to get a bit more caught up in trying to score while I practice. I'm usually out there like fiddling with my golf swing or whatever. But. Um, Usually I just want to see kind of like how the shots are and like see where my misses are and like, you know, how I'm hitting putts, how I'm hitting my drives. Like if I'm trying to curve it left to right, like do I actually accomplish curving it left to right? Like even if I were to overcut it and miss it in the right rough, like that doesn't, you know, I don't, I don't mind that, you know, as, as long as I'm trying to accomplish these little things and kind of get things moving the way they need to be, uh, that's what I like to see. But dude, on, out here, I mean, so it's got nine it's got nine normal holes, and then it's got what's called the backyard, which is six par threes. So if I'm only playing, like, the nine hole, like, actual front side, I mean, these, uh, dude, it's, it's, it's a pretty incredible place. I mean, if I'm, if I'm shooting under par, you know, two, three under par, like, I'm feeling good. Like, it's probably what I kind of should be doing. You know, I definitely shouldn't shoot under par. You kind of – sorry, over par. You have enough uh, – you have enough scoring opportunities with it. But – um they uh it's it's such an awesome place like you get a lot of great guys coming through you get a lot of pj tour guys about now because uh it was last year actually um adam scott went and practiced at the yards and he said he's like this is probably the best greens of prep for me to get ready for augusta really that's what he said yeah they are they are so so it used to be called oak bridge country club and sold off closed uh so they sold off kind of like six of the holes on the back nine to to turn it into houses and property and stuff and they kind of they regrassed the whole place kind of reshaped some of the greens and stuff but the greens are amazing dude 
Like, they are so fast, and they're firm all the time. And, like, I mean, it, it's legit. I mean, you really have to be on, like, in terms of, you know, if you're on some slower greens with putting, you know, like, you can get away with some mishits or speed control and stuff. Like, it's not going to go that far by. But, dude, like, I've fallen asleep out here a couple times where, like, if I'm playing and, you know, I'll blast a couple putts by, and I'm like, dude, like, what am I doing? Like, what is going on here? So... <laughs> But no, it's a it's a great place. They uh they have a really really good vibe. Um, what they went for there, it's it's very casual. You know, they welcome anybody. It's a it's an awesome spot. Like they have a barstool event out there during uh, uh during Players Week, um, and it sold out in like twelve minutes when the opening came up. Damn, that's yeah. crazy. So, it's a popular spot now. Like the word, the word's really getting out. Like I, I used to say it was the best kept secret in Ponte Vedra, but it is no longer a secret. Like it is definitely out there. So, let's say. Okay, so you mentioned Adam Scott. Dixon, let me go here. Um, <laughs> what are some other uh, big time names that everybody would know that you uh, you've either practiced with, played some money games with, or just seen on the range in your um, career so far? Yeah, so when I was at TPC, um, you know, the normal guys in terms of, like, people that people would know, you know, Billy Horschel's out there a lot. Um, VJ, when he's around, he goes there quite a bit. Um, let's see here. I would say, I mean, I would say those are definitely the most known in terms of, I mean, there's other guys. like I mean, Fred Funk is out there often. Um, oh, yeah, he, he was living in Austin for a bit and moved back. Um, there's a lot of pros in Jacksonville, but in terms of like directly at TPC, um, those are definitely the biggest guys, but there's other, uh, Tyler Duncan, he's on the PGA oh, tour, yeah. uh, Jimmy Stanger, he just graduated the PGA tour, Carl Yuan, he's on the PGA tour. Um, so there's a lot of names, but there's a ton of corn fairy guys too. Um, Cody Blick, Dawson Armstrong, uh, Jared Wolf, uh, yeah, it's a it's a great group of guys over there. Um, you know, unfortunately, not being able to go over there now, I don't really get to practice with them. But you know, that kind of that gets you out of bed every day. You know, trying to get back there right. and uh, be with those guys. But there's a yeah, there's a ton of guys, man. It's it, the list the the list is endless. Uh, in terms of like other guys in the area who don't necessarily go to TPC, I mean, you have like David Lingmurth and Russell Knox. I mean, Jim Furyk lives here. Uh, Sam Ryder, Doc Redman. Um, Shit. Yeah, dude. It, it, it uh, Thomas Walsh. He's on Corn Ferry Tour. Um, yeah, there's a. Oh, actually, we just had some. We just had some young guys move in. Uh, Fred Biondi, who won the national championship at Florida last year. Yeah. Um, Adrian uh, Dumont de Chasser. He he played at Illinois. He won yeah, his yeah. first. Won his first event on the Corn Ferry Tour, and then he lost in the playoff in his second one. Just like holy hell, over the PGA Damn. Tour. So. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a ton of guys. I mean, there's no shortage of games. Um, it's a there's a ton of pros in Jacksonville. So, where are most of the other guys at? Like honestly, uh, like, where where do most pros like? Uh, I know the like JT. He's at the he's down south. He's and, in uh, Ju- he's in Jupiter, Jupiter yeah. right? Yeah, uh, he's at you know he's at Bears Club. He's at Bears, Bears Club, Club. mostly. Give me like a like ninety percent of guys are in Florida or what? Arizona, no, Texas. I don't, I don't know about ninety. Um, so like Jupiter's a little bit of an anomaly because that's where all like that's where a lot of the big big guys go, you know, right? Like who right. got a lot of cash. Um, but 
other than that, I mean, Dallas is a really popular place. Um, there and because there's just some really like there's a lot of people who practice at Merido there. Um, Dallas National, uh, like yeah, Speed, Bryson. Uh, there's a bunch of okay. guys out. The co- the Cooties are in Dallas. Um, then yep. uh, and then Phoenix is a real popular one too. Um, I would say, you know, really the state of Florida. And so that you got like, uh, there's a lot of people in Jacksonville, a lot of people in Jupiter. Then you got Dallas and Phoenix. I mean, that's gonna cover a lot. Um, maybe Houston a little bit too. There's some people there, um, but it's really. I mean, dude, there's people all over. Um, even PJ Tour guys. I mean, PJ Tour, right? The the season is so long that like you're traveling so much you don't necessarily have to live somewhere where like you gotta be like it's gotta be warm all the time you know because they're going to events and stuff so they probably like once the off season hits like they don't care where they are like a lot of them probably don't really you know it's not like they get to grind in right as the season ends you know they want to take a little time to themselves Um, like Ryan Brem um, who is on the PGA Tour won the Puerto Rico Open a couple years ago um, you know he lives in Traverse City full time I mean, he's he's up what? there, and oh yeah, yeah. He's no, Mount he's, Pleasant guy. Yeah, he's from Mount Pleasant, um, but yeah, he lives in Traverse City, and yeah, I, at least I don't think he goes anywhere else. I mean, I'm sure there's. Uh, I, I've talked to him in the past where he's gone like a couple weeks and stuff to Florida and all that, but uh, but in terms of like long lengths of practicing elsewhere, like no, he's he's in Michigan most of the time. So oh, wow. isn't um, J Day in Ohio? Yeah, he's in Columbus. Yeah. yeah. Or no. Uh, Akron, maybe. Where's the Firestone at? Or was. Yeah, yeah Akron. Akron. I, think. I think Akron. Or maybe he is in Columbus now. Yeah, I think he is in Columbus because I think he practices at Muirfield some. But actually, yeah, I saw yeah. Jason Day at the range at TPC. He was one of them. Um, I, in terms of guys who don't live in Jacksonville, but I've seen here, a lot of people kind of come through at times because. The back range at TPC Sawgrass is unreal. Like, it is such an amazing practice facility that a lot of guys, if they don't want to fly all the way home, if they're, like, taking an event in between, they'll just fly to Jacksonville and they'll practice at TPC. So um, there's also a lot of, like, corporate sponsorship shoots out there. So, like, Jason Day was there. Um, I don't really know what he was doing it for or, like, what sponsor, but he had a bunch of cameras around him and stuff. But I've also just seen him out there practicing. So one of the times, like, I just stopped putting and because he was chipping and obviously he's, like, one of the best chippers in the world. So I just stopped and I just watched, and I was like, this is just, like, poetry in motion here. Like, if I'm going to learn anything, I might as well just use my own two eyeballs. So um, seeing him practicing there. Adam Scott was there once. He was doing, uh, I, don't, I, I don't know how to pronounce it, the Uniqlo, his apparel. Yeah, yeah, he was, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, doing a, he was doing a shoot there, so he was, like, in and out, in and out, all these different outfits and stuff, like hitting yep. shots, so I saw him there, and, but uh, but yeah, those are probably, you know, those are the big names I've seen on the yeah, range, cool. they don't live there, but uh, but those are the big names I've seen, so. Right, um, how Oh, I saw Scheffler, of... I, ran, I ran into Scheffler, Scotty Scheffler yeah. in the parking lot, Got too. Him. That's yeah, his, uh, yeah, so, it was, it was pretty random, because like, it was in November of this year, he, or no, December, because he was getting ready for the Hero. Um, so he just like, I pull into the lot and I open my trunk and he gets out of a, I mean, he's clearly in like a rental car and he gets out and I like kind of double take it. I'm like, Hey, I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Number one player in the world. And he's just like, Hey man, how are you doing? I'm like, good. 
That's <laughs> it. So yeah, yeah, uh, that was that was a cool that was a cool thing. But um, but yeah, so you know, you see a lot of guys passing through for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. Tell us about That's the sweet. like the process of turning pro. Like everybody knows, it's like a humongous grind. Like I want to hear like um, like did you have a bunch of money like going down there traveling all this like all these places? Like what did you do right out of college? Like were you set on moving down to Florida, grinding, and then you know just qualifying to potentially make it on a mini tour or what yeah so kind of how it all started for me um my senior year uh my the, the last semester of my senior year i went and played uh canadian uh, pj tour canada q school um and i got conditional status out there so i wasn't going to get any starts but it was it was definitely like a good experience and having any pj tour sanctioned status comes with like a lot of benefits um you can practice at tpc courses for free not uh, not all of them, depending on what your status is, but you can practice at most or all TPC courses for free in the country. Um, you get reduced rates to play in Monday qualifiers and stuff like that. Uh, there's just there's a lot of great things that come with it. And oh, but I uh, finished up my my college career. I turned pro. Um, I immediately in my first week as a pro, my appendix decided to almost burst on me. So no way. I had to get <laughs> yeah. It's kind of funny looking back on it now, but. Um, but uh, so I had that surgery and I was out for a little bit. But um, but besides, no, most people don't have that when you first turn pro. Uh, <laughs> but but uh, so for me, that summer I played uh, I played like in the Michigan Open and I tried doing some Monday qualifiers to get into some. I actually got into two Canadian tour events. I Mondayed into them in uh, Winnipeg and Montreal. So I played in both of those events. I missed both cuts, but again, it was cool to feel like I was a part of it. Like I was in a you know, right, doing what I was supposed to be doing, and so then in October I actually just kind of up and I moved out to Vegas uh, from October 2019 until COVID started in 2020 in March. So I have a close family friend out there. He had an open room, and I said, "Well, I was like, I have a free place to stay, and I can go practice at TPC Summerlin for free." I was like, "Why not?" Right. So. I got in my car, I drove all 29 hours out there, and I didn't know anybody. Um, so I just had to introduce myself to, to everybody that was out there. Um, so I ended up getting close with some people and able to practice. Uh, I played actually quite a bit with Alex Kang, uh, Daniel Kang's uh, brother, and okay. um, played some rounds with Scott Piercy uh, while I was out there, probably about four or five rounds with him. and. John Oda, who was uh, is a very solid player. He was full on Corn Ferry at the time, and uh, yeah, so I was out there. Uh, played some played some Outlaw Tour events, which was down in Phoenix, and then COVID happened. So COVID was pretty bad timing for what I do, but um, so I really didn't have any status to do anything with. I technically had conditional Latin America status, but I wasn't going to really do much with that because COVID really burned all that down. But uh, so that summer, I went and played almost the entire Dakotas tour, which if you ever want to know, I mean, the Dakotas tour is a legendary mini tour that's run for about two and a half months in the summer between North and South Dakota. And it is some of the, I mean, regardless of the rest of my career, I mean, I can go be on the PGA tour and I can win a major and I can have all those things. But dude, some of the funniest moments of my career are always going to come from the Dakota store. Like the Dakota store. 
Oh yeah, we had a group of Michigan guys uh, that went out there for the entire summer. It was me, Josh Gibson, Sam Weatherhead, and Ben Van Skoy. I mean, we were out there, and it was a it was a riot, dude. Like we we traveled around together. We played all our practice rounds, played a bunch of money games, drank some beer. It was it was it was like a grand old time. Yeah, yeah. But so really, when you kind of first turn pro, if you're someone like me who you know. Yeah, I was a I was a solid college player, right? But I'm not like these, you know, Fred Biondis and Nick Dunlaps and those guys, yeah. right? You know, they're who are they're gonna get PGA Tour sponsor exemptions or they're even gonna get Corn Ferry status to the PGA Tour U. That didn't even exist when I was in college. But uh, so really, you gotta try to make your way. Um, and at first, those first couple two three years, I all I did was try to play as much as I could. Um, I played and. A lot of mini tours, a lot of Mondays, trying to get as much experience as I can under the gun, and you know, playing for money and playing against good competition. And um, but really, once I kind of, when I really learned what I would use the term as becoming like a pro's pro was when I got to be on the Latin America tour in 2022. Um, I got full status down there, played the entire season, uh, finished 29th on the points. Uh, so I kept my card out there and. That's where you really learn, you know, what I would consider the grind. Um, you know, you are traveling just like any other tour pro would. Um, you're flying across borders, you know, Ecuador, Peru, Brazil, Argentina, Colombia, Mexico. You know, you're going to all these places and, you know, you show up on Monday, you play nine on Monday, you play nine on Tuesday. If you are in the pro-am on Wednesday, you play in the pro-am. And then the tournament starts on Thursday, you know, Thursday, Friday, you make the cut, okay, you play Saturday, Sunday, boom, you're on a plane. Sunday night or Monday morning, you're flying to the next country. Then you do it all over again, nine holes, nine holes, pro-am. And, you know, it's a, it is nonstop. You know, it is really hard on your body. You know, I, I think that's one of the most uh, unheard of things when it comes to pro golf is just how physically taxing it is. You know, um, you're out playing... 80, 90, 95 degree weather at times for, you know, you're out there five, six hours, whatever, practicing, trying to work out, you know, it's it's a difficult thing. Um, it really beats you down. You're on planes all the time. Um, but, you know, you really learn, you really learn the ropes about, you know, because that's what everybody's trying to do, right? You know, you're trying to be on the PJ Tour, which runs right. the exact same, the exact same system, you know, it, Thursday tournament start, you know, play, you got to make the cut to play Saturday or Sunday. So really that year was probably the most I learned about, you know, you know, how to be a pro, you know, what to do, you know, the process. It was a, a lot of it's a bit of trial and error, you know, finding what works for you. You know, some people some people always take Monday off completely. Like that that's a travel day for them and they don't do anything other than they might work out, you know, to try to get their body moving from, you know, getting off the plane. But um but some people take Monday off completely and then they grind on Tuesday. Some people only play nine holes each day. Some people try to see the course twice. I mean, everybody's got their own thing. And you don't really know what works for you until you kind of try them all. So yeah. um, that was a great that was a great year for me. And I was fortunate to, you know, I played pretty good. I almost almost got exempt into second stage that year. Uh, I didn't. But um, so that was when I, you know, really learned a lot about, about being a pro. And that's, that's kind of how it started. I've really kind of gone through every level. You know, I started at the lowest levels of the mini tours and got onto a developmental tour in Latin America, you know, kind of sniffed it out there a little bit on the Corn Ferry Tour last year, kind of got my feet wet a little and didn't, didn't play very well last year, which was, you know, I would say unfortunate, but I did it to myself. So, you know, 
just got to play better. Uh, but um, so now I'm, uh, this year they combined the Canadian Tour and the Latin America Tour. Now it's just called PJ Tour Americas. So I'll be back on PJ Tour Americas, uh, you know, playing in South America and up in Canada. So that's, yeah, that's kind of the story right there. That's, Did you have a house when you were really down good. in uh, Latin America? No, oh, hell no. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, no, we, not uh, a house. I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. House, car. I meant car. Oh, um, or were you just flying from Ecuador to Peru to Brazil? Yeah, so I would fly. No, you would just fly the whole time. Um, for me, uh, and I think I only twice got a rental car. Um, I got a rental car in Brazil. <laughs> I got a speeding ticket in Brazil, actually. What? <laughs> yeah, no. that's one of them. Yeah, I, I was going like 13 kilometers an hour over, and I got caught by a camera. Cool. Even though I was getting passed, even though I was getting passed by everybody on every road, uh, because I was trying to be really careful about not getting a ticket, but apparently that didn't work. Um, but for the most part, it's all Uber, you know, or taxis. You just usually I do those to get around in, in those countries. So. And you're just living like, off the money that that you make, right? Uh, no, well, not necessarily. I mean, kind of and kind of not. Um, fortunately, you know, I am in a I'm in a very blessed situation. Yeah, situation. Uh, my dad really really helps my career. Um, he really okay. kind of funds me through um, this last year in terms of like my actual earnings. It, it was not very good. I, I missed a lot of cuts. I played quite poorly. Um, before that, um, my first couple of years, honestly, I, I did quite well on mini tours for myself. I, I kind of stayed, I would, I would call myself staying kind of relatively zeroed out. You know, I wasn't really, you know, making money per se. Like it was, I didn't have money to, to spend, but I, because it was essentially all the money I made was just simply going back into all my expenses, you know, for the next mm -hmm. tournament or for the next couple of weeks or whatever it was. So I kind of, stayed about zeroed out uh, pretty level for those first couple years but the last year was was definitely a struggle um and i don't have currently right now i don't have any sort of kind of like corporate sponsors that help me well i guess directly financially um so like for apparel wise like i'm sponsored by the cost you know i'm wearing i'm wearing the crocodile everywhere and stuff uh which you know that is helping me financially because I don't want to have to go buy my own clothes or anything like that, which is a big win because obviously, as we all know, golf clothes are incredibly expensive. Um, so they're helping me, you know, and cover that cost. But in terms of like actual money that's you know coming to me, like oh, you know, we'll have your our logo right here and we'll pay you ten grand or whatever. I don't have any of that. So, um, but yeah, I really have my really have my dad to thank. Um, there's a lot of. There's a lot of different ways to do it um, in terms of kind of getting money for yourself because getting off the ground is really the hardest part. For guys who are really good golfers but they don't quite make it yet, I always relate it to the casino. This probably, I mean, it might not be the best, but to be to make to do well or make money at the casino, you have to have staying power. So you have to be able to take some losses but still have some money to keep gambling to try to get it back versus right. – if you don't have money, you can't ever get off the ground uh, to play professional golf. It's impossible. I mean, entry fees for mini tours are $1,000. And obviously, as we know, everything is really expensive right now. I mean, hotels and rental cars and travel and plane tickets. I mean, everything and food, especially everything is crazy expensive. So um, 
some people, uh, you know, they sell shares of themselves. You know, they, they kind of write up a one-page contract and send it around to, let's say, like the country club you grew up at or, you know, the area you're from or to friends and say, you know, I'm asking for $8,000 and I'll pay back 110% in due time, you know? And so, like, you're yeah, really betting yeah. on yourself, you know? You're putting yourself in, in, in other people's kind of debt, you know, hoping that you make it so you can pay them back. Um, oh, wow. Sometimes... Uh, some people are, are, you know, fortunate enough to have a, either a friend or a family friend or through a business or something where I, I just kind of say they have a sugar daddy. Like I know people who right. just, they just have people who literally cover all their expenses, which is, you know, that's great if you can get into that. Um, if you know somebody like that, I also know some people who, you know, this is a really tough one and one I would highly not I mean, I, I guess I shouldn't say not recommend. Everybody's situation is different. So, you know, if, if you're if, if this is what you gotta do to chase the dream, this is what you gotta do. I know some people who, you know, they sign contracts with you know, it would be a, an individual person where they will they will fund your life. They will pay your rent, they will pay, you know, all your expenses, everything like that. But they get like a massive percentage of your earnings for like yeah. as long as you're playing. So like, let's say you get to the PGA Tour, right? And you win on the PGA Tour, and you have a 1.5 million check coming your way. Uh-uh. Like you got a fat percent, like over you know 60 whatever, it's crazy percentage mm-hmm. going to this other guy. So, but sometimes that's what you got to do. You know, sometimes yeah, if, exactly. you, if you get into that scenario, you know, everybody's different. You know, some people, everybody comes <laughs> from different means. You know, it's not like college anymore, right? Where if you're if you're on a scholarship and stuff's being paid for, you know, like it's it's all on you at that time. So people, you know, you got to turn to whatever you can to try to chase the dream. And so that's what I mean by staying power. You know, if I'm, if I'm going to be in debt to anybody, I want to be in debt to my dad, you know? Like yeah, it's, right. It sounds, exactly. It's, and now on the other, on the other flip of it too, like I really like, I am very internally motivated to try to, well, I, I don't want my dad to fund my life, you know, like I, I yeah. want him to live his life and I, I want to be my own individual, you know, like I want to be able to play well enough and start making money and, you know, do, you know, have my own thing going, you know? And so I, it's not like I'm kind of just, you know, kicking back like, Oh, you know, this is fine. You know, I, I, everything's getting paid for, you know, that's just not really how I operate. You know, I, yeah, my dad is, is, you know, I mean, shit, he, he might almost be more invested in this than I am. Not financially. Just, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. He wants me to make it just as bad as I do. So, um, yeah. you know, it's great to kind of, do you know chase this thing together um you know i feel like i have a really good kind of team around me that you know keeps me grounded and supports me and you know picks me up when i need to and um and he's obviously a a major player in that but um but yeah so it's uh no i'm not rolling in money that's that's for sure but you know (laughs) knock on wood like this year you know i feel like i'm i feel like i'm really ready to kind of turn the corner in terms of my career i I think this is going to be a good one and Hopefully I can, uh, you know, make that financial thing, you know, a thing in the past. So, yeah, that's sick, Alex. So, uh, what's your upcoming schedule looking like? Yeah, uh, great question. So, PJ Tour Americas, uh, it starts here at the end of March. Um, we go down to Mexico uh, for the first two events, uh, kind of Cancun area, and then Guadalajara. Uh, so that's back-to-back weeks in in Mexico, and then. We have four more events after that down in, in South America. So we go we go Mexico, Mexico, 
I think two weeks off. Then we go Brazil, Peru, Ecuador, one week off, Colombia. So oh, that's wow. how we yeah, that's how we start the year. Um I've played all the courses except for uh the one in Brazil. We're actually playing the Olympic course in Rio. So that was uh Oh shit, let's really, go. That's sick. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really big get for the tour. Um, it'll be, it'll be. That's, I mean, I, I shouldn't speak too early, but it's, it's probably going to be the best course we play. Um, it's, uh, I've heard incredible things about Rio too, like just the city. It's, I, I hear it's awesome. So I'm, I'm excited to, to go there. That's probably the, the one I'm really, you know, really looking forward to. Just experience something new. But, um, but yeah, I got that. And then once the Latin part's done, there's about a five week. Uh, five or six week break until the Canada swing starts and then kind of just go all over Canada starting uh, kind of end of June or mid-June and um, ends in like the first week of September I think or second week of September or something like that kind of ten, it's 10 events over kind of 14 weeks or something like that up there so yeah that's uh, that's what I'm going to be doing um, if there's anything that happens in there in between like I'm going to try to do US Open qualifying I know I got that on the schedule uh, yeah I was maybe, just going to uh, ask about that where are you, yeah. you going to do that at? so <laughs> with how busy my schedule is uh, because the, the Latin part really kind of soaks up when a lot of the, the US Open locals are played so I had like a three day window to do it and I was like okay like I hope one of them's close to me and the closest one to me is, is up near Atlanta. So I have like a, a five and a half hour drive here from Jack's. Um, but uh, I don't, it's in, I think it's in Noonan, Georgia. It's, I think it's just south of Atlanta. <laughs> I got that on, got that on, I think it's May second to last and last event um, for the Latin swing. And then uh, if I were to advance through locals, uh, I signed up for sectionals also in Atlanta. So. The road to the U.S. Open runs through Georgia, baby. That, that's what I'm. That's what I'm hoping. On. I mean, that's. I'm gonna be the biggest fan of the state of Georgia until until I oh, get yeah. knocked out. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm always like I'm always happy for that kind of stuff. You know, they. I feel, it's kind of funny. Like golf is obviously it's very, right. It's very selfish, very ego sport. You know, like it. it it's you. You're the man in the arena. There's nobody to pass the ball to, nobody to block right. for you, nothing like that. You know, it's just on you and uh, well, and your caddy. You know, your caddy's part of your team, helping you there too. But he's not hitting the shots. You are. So when uh, you know, I'm a, I would say I'm a pretty friendly guy. Like I've I've met a lot of people through pro golf, which is which is a blessing. I I know people all over the country who are playing on all sorts of tours, and I, I follow them all. And I you know I always text those guys you know congrats you know actually one of my good buddies this week Monday qualified into the into the Cognizant which is, or the old Honda yeah. classic yeah yeah so yeah it's awesome you know I was super pumped for him you know texting him and everything but you know man part of me like I gotta be a little more selfish and that's what yeah. I'm telling myself is like <laughs> is like I'm uh, this last kind of you know this last year I had a lot of I would call it learning you know when you don't get what you want you get experience and uh, so I had I had a lot of bumps in the road last year didn't make a lot of cuts was really struggling and you know I saw some guys especially here in Jacksonville a lot of guys really took off uh, had some you know really good finishes on Corn Ferry or even got their PJ Tour card and I would practice with them you know all the time and I'm just like, man, I'm like, what is going on here? I'm like, why am I not like these guys? You know, why am I not at this level? And so, yeah. you know, I, I was just, honestly, I was thinking about that, like, as I'm turning into this year, I'm just like, dude, like, I got to do something where people congratulate me. 
I'm yeah, like, yeah, 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 I'm yeah. like, I gotta get out there and start playing better, and you know, so I do think, you know, I've I've made what I would say the necessary changes. I've been working on my game, on my golf swing. I've, you know, made a couple minor equipment changes and what I think would help me, and so. You know, I think this will be a big year, and uh, but you know, I'm I'm never gonna not root for people. You know, I've I've always I love seeing other guys succeed because, you know, if these are the people I've been around and you know they're succeeding, you know that means you know that that just breeds it. You know, putting yourself in that environment, being around other people who are successful, you know, you're gonna raise yourself to that level whether you knowingly do it or not. And so, right. uh, for me. It's that's always gonna be who I am, but you know I'm also trying to beat him at the same time. So it's yeah. a it's a weird sport, you know. You 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 do have to be selfish in a manner. Like you gotta be you gotta be selfish in some ways because it, it really is. It comes down to you. You know whatever you gotta do to to get yourself in the right physical and mental space to play your best golf. I mean as long as it's not on as long as it's not anything illegal. You're like go, you know go ahead go ahead. So. Um, but yeah, hopefully, you know, that's how that's how the series is gonna turn out for me, so that's sweet. One last thing, Alex. Yeah. You're a big that? Detroit sports fan. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> how, yeah. how are we feeling about Let's the go. Red Wings this year? Dude, okay, so actually it's kinda of funny. I just had the game on before this started. Um I uh Oh shit. We're playing tonight. Yeah. Are we They're playing the Capitals. They were Yeah, yeah, we're playing the Caps tonight. They were absolutely smacking them. They were up four one when I when I came into my room here. So who the uh, wings are up four so, one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go. So, they hot. You know they so well so right now. We, I love it. Actually, this is a this is a, this is kind of a good story. So I I don't know a whole lot about hockey. You know I kind of got into it a little late. I went to some Grand Rapids Griffins games and stuff when I was in college. <laughs> it really wasn't for the hockey, but um, but uh, oh, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, you lighting yeah. up those two dollar beer nights there at Van Andel. Oh, two dollar beers, two dollar. <laughs> what they do? Yeah, it's just the best deal. Two dollar beers, two dollar glizzies too. Yeah, oh, no yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. It's Let's go. College night. Inflation probably brought it to like three dollars now, but what can I say? Right. So we uh, so this past summer in 2023, I uh, I get invited uh, to replace a guy who I think he like hurt his back a couple days before the Red Wings outing, and it was played at Traverse City Country Club. I'm a member there. It's where I grew up, and I was like, yeah, you know, I'd love to play in it. You know, it sounds like a great time. You know, let's just get out. You know, have some silly golf, play a scramble. You know, I don't get to do that very often. So right. Um, we show up and uh, they kind of have like this little draft thing you know you get to depending on your pick you get to pick the player you want to play with so we get the first pick so we pick Dylan Larkin mm. and so I was like okay this is awesome because this is the only guy I know like I don't, I don't you know I didn't <laughs> yeah. follow hockey that well so uh, and he's you know what this was this was kind of wild as we were talking he goes you know, he's a, I think he's one year older than me. I think he, he's 28, and he's like, how long have you been a pro? And I'm like, oh, like, this is my fourth year. And I go, how long have you been a pro? He's like, oh, this is my ninth season in the NHL. And I was like, what? Oh, that's old so, to think about. I didn't even know he was. Yeah. When was yeah, this? Yeah. This past summer? Yeah, this was in summer of 23. So, wow. So we played, and... Uh, it was awesome. We like we win this. We win the scramble. Uh, I get it. I get a signed jersey by him. Uh, I actually got it framed. It's sitting sitting out in my living room right now. That's I still sick. have to hang it. Um, but we uh, so for winning it though, we get two. We get two free tickets to any home game 
uh, regular season home game that we wanted. So December 29th, I decided to go with my, my best friend from college, Mitchell White. He's a, he's a diehard Red Wings fan. He watches every single game. And so I sent a message to, to Larkin. I was like, hey, man, you know, hope all is good. They were on, like, a six-game losing streak, by the way. Uh, I was <laughs> like, hope all is good. You know, going to the game on the 29th, you know, would love to say hi if possible. You know, if not, it's whatever. You know, just, you know, it was just I just really shot it out there, you know, really no expectations. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I barely know the dude. Like, I played right. 18 games. Right? So he gets back to me, and he's like, yeah, dude, like, you know, I'll have you come down after the game, and, you know, we'll say hi. And I was like, oh, sick. So, you know, Mitchell is, is really stoked to go meet him because, you know, he's, he's just a big fan. And so we uh, we finish up. Or so we get to the game. Actually, yeah, we get to the game. Larkin scores shorthanded the first goal of the game. So we go up 1-0. And I was like, sick. I'm like, he scored. That's great. Goes into overtime. We win in overtime. I mean, it was it was a crazy game. And then, if you look, since that game, since December 29th, they have been on this streak. They have been oh, yeah. absolutely killing. They're tearing it. And up. so, oh yeah, yeah. So we uh, so we went down. Uh, it was it was it was great. So we go down to to meet up with them, and um, we kind of the first thing I asked him, he was talking about how he's thinking about joining Oakland Hills and stuff like that. I was asking him if he joined out there, and, but we. Uh, we kind of hit this like little lull in the conversation. Like I, I didn't really know what to say, and my buddy didn't really know what to say. So Larkin goes, "Oh, you want to come back to the locker room?" We were like, "No way!" We were like, "Hell yeah, we do!" <laughs> so we got to go back there, and yeah, we got to see everything and stuff. I mean, it was it Damn. was it was balling. Yeah. So that was that, and that was the first Red Wings game I've ever been to in my life. So it's probably not going to be topped at any time soon. So um, yeah. You're good. But yeah, you don't so, gotta go that so ever, yeah. So ever since then, like you know, I've been following because it's like now I'm a fan. You know, like I, it's great because I, did, I I never played hockey growing up or anything like that. So it just wasn't really my sport. And uh, but you know now I'm following them. But yeah, I had the game on out there. And dude, I mean they're looking great. Like they. Oh yeah. Just goes to show like what confidence can do for you. Like you know they're just riding a high right now. Like winning that game and. You know, everybody was actually expecting them to have, like, an emotional letdown, like, after winning that game because, you know, mm-hmm. Kane scores the game winner against his former team and everything. And then they come out and they, they threw up two goals in the first, like, seven minutes on the Caps. And everybody's like, oh, never mind. Like, here we go. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, no, I just dude, got an update. The, the Wings won, uh, let's see. Wait up. Wings won 8-3 tonight. Very well. Yeah. Yeah, so, dude, Detroit's in a, boy, they're in a weird spot right now. Like obviously, you know the Lions, we're in a, you know we're in a great spot. You know they should have won that game, but I don't have to go there. Um, the Red Wings are <laughs> yeah, great. Don't go there. You know they're yeah the Red Wings are scoring a lot of goals. They're a fun team to watch. Similar to the Lions, you know the Lions put up a bunch of points. There were you know a lot of trick plays That's here and true. there, fun to watch. Uh, Tigers supposedly they're saying that this is going to be the year that they kind of finally good. start to make the turn. Yeah, they they That'd said that they have a solid chance, and then and then. Oh, and the Pistons, the Stones, baby. you don't got to worry about talking about them. Yeah. You watch that game the other night. Yeah, but see, the thing is, is like, I, I, I'm a basketball fan. It was my first love, you know, like, I, it's it's everything in terms of, like, I love I love watching basketball in college or, or the NBA. So I really want to, I, I know the Pistons will turn it around eventually. But, man, it's like everything that we can do wrong, we do wrong. And it, even if it's not in our control. Like, yeah, exactly. I saw, I saw the stats. So we were the worst team in the league record-wise last year. So – 
ever since the the lottery, like when they made the top three teams have equal chance or whatever to get the yeah. first pick. So it's whatever that started like eleven years ago. The the last ten or the previous ten seasons, the team with the worst record in the NBA, they never fell below the third pick. We got the fifth pick. Yeah. How is that Poor possible? Shit. Poor shit. It is so rigged. I mean, like, yeah. and the thing is, is every single NBA draft now, the first two or three picks are going to likely be good, you know, whether oh, yeah. they're, like, all-stars or just solid players. And then there's always, like, one random, you know, 20th pick who ends up being good. The fifth pick is, like, the hardest pick to have. Because yeah. Oh, yeah. you're not going to get, like, a sure-fire, like, uh stud you know and like Osser right like everything was point like he's a you know he is a good player he's a great defensive player and stuff but like imagine if you know imagine if we had Wendy you know that's what I'm saying is like if, right. if you kind of have something like that go your way in a draft uh you know hopefully that happens for us this year but yeah they you know I, I really do like I mean it sounds like I'm being pretty hard on them which I am but the thing is is like they do have some young talent like if they can get if they can get one nice draft pick and then maybe you know throw some money at a guy to come in and be a you know well be like a star but also kind of someone who's been around for a bit like a veteran and get those young guys going like they're not that far off it, it's it looks like they're way off it looks like they're way off given the record but they're really right. not that they're really not that far away from being exactly. what I would call like at least a solid NBA team so I that's, agree you know. I'm sure they'll turn it around eventually, but no, dude, Detroit is buzzing right now. Like, it's it's so good for not even just that city. Like, it's so good for the state. Like, I felt 100%. like for so long there, you know, we just didn't really have anything. You know, all four sports were kind of struggling, and nobody really kind of lost the, you know, lost the faith. Like, everybody just kept, kind of kept saying they're going to turn it around, and fortunately they are right now. So it's it's been so much fun to watch. I mean, it's it's a great time. I just feel like everybody's mental health is just better when, when Detroit sports are so going. much better. It's, so it's much just better. the way it's supposed to be. It's just Without the way, a doubt. How can, how can you not be romantic about Detroit? That's what I try to say. Yeah, so. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right, yeah. cool, brother. Hey, uh, Dixon and Ninner, you boys got anything else or no? Alex, it was a blast having you on. I appreciate everything you've said. Appreciate everything. you coming on, brother. We yeah, wish you the best so this season. We'll, we'll keep a watch. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, hey, thank yeah, you guys. Good luck, yeah, good luck moving forward for sure. Yeah, if there's anything you, you know, there's any info or anything you want, you know, you, you got me on on, this, on socials or whatever. So just shoot me a message. I'll be more than willing to answer. So appreciate you, dog. Is the, is the cherry festival overrated? The first time you go, no, it's not. It's great. But, but at this point once, in your life, yeah, yeah. Once I mean, the beer tent is very inviting, bro. <laughs> the beer tent is great. <laughs> the beer tent is great. I go back for that every year. But other than that, yeah, I don't I don't really have to do any of the festivities. It's just the alcohol tastes good. The music's pretty good. So that, that's what I'm there for. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, Alex. I hey, appreciate you coming on. Good luck moving forward. Um, season's getting underway here pretty soon. So good yeah. luck with everything. We'll stay in touch, all right? Thank you, guys. Yep, sure will. Thank you for having me on. Thanks for coming on, brother. Anytime. Yeah.